Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here every week, win, lose, or draw. Talking all things United. This is the United People's Podcast. Yes, everybody, how are we doing? United People's TV here every week, as Jake told me. And that's, you know, those weeks where you don't actually want to turn up like last week. Apologies, everyone. I have bad ears. You know, that's like the worst excuse ever. But <laughs> I have bad ears. You let me know. have bad ears when this is finished, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might do. But look, we're here with smiles on our faces, I think, after a, a good weekend of results for United. Um, beating Bournemouth 1-0. Villa taking two points off Liverpool. We've got two games left in the league now. We need one point from our remaining six to get top four, which is, which was the ambition of this season. We've got the League Cup. We'll speak about the FA Cup final coming up. We'll speak about Casemiro's goal. Any other talking points? Maybe the form of Sancho, Garnacho coming back in, Lindelof, De Gea with the golden glove. Plenty of talking points. How are you guys doing? Bow, you're sitting there, you're looking pretty no, sore. Just, uh, just checking the Dortmund score. Because um, Munich have flopped the league, haven't they? They lost to like yeah, three nil, two nil, I think three nil. Yeah, is it? Oh, and, uh, Bayern 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 lost at Leipzig yesterday, so Bournemouth. I think they just need to beat one of the teams lower down the league at home. Do you, do you, you know? You want to know my favourite stat of this season? It has to be Arsenal were top for ninety three percent of the season, and they're not going to win the league. I, I'd say my favourite stat of the season because ultimately it's not my favourite stat because City have won it, but it's just that's a fucking bottle job. You know how that people have seen. It seems like maybe it's Arsenal fans really getting offended by it being called a bottle job. What else can you call it, Jake? No, I can't call it anything else, and I've I've, I've called it that. Uh, yeah, uh, obviously, and but they want to compare it to seasons previous, and you turn up and go, well, yeah, that was a bottle job too. You know, 2012, we bottled it. We can't say anything else. Um, but it, it'd it been hard. a difference if if Arsenal had been chasing City this whole time and were a few points behind, and then. Couldn't just couldn't maintain it at the end of the season. But when you're eight points clear on the first of April, and City win the league with two games left to play, three, three, yeah, so three. I mean that that's just a pure bottle job. Jeez. And I think there was a stat to say that they'd taken nine points out of twenty-four, something like such. And that that's just a pure bottle job. You've got to accept it. 
you know, City are a better team than them. They did fantastically well, but they bottled it. Yeah, as I said, my mates yeah. were constantly saying no, it was a title race. Got, it wasn't a fucking title race. In my opinion, no, well, was I mean, it was. Think about it. Arsenal, Arsenal's plight started after 29 games. That's 76% of the season. Normally, you wouldn't say, oh, he's you wouldn't say, he's done his mess, isn't he? <laughs> from three quarters of a season in, oh, it's a title race. It's always that, that last six or seven games. And from that from that point on, yeah, fair dues. Fair. City literally walked past them. There's not a single point where Arsenal put City under pressure. After that point, where they were, where were they? Was it what was their first drop points? Was it Liverpool? Nah, Liverpool yeah. and West Ham. Yeah, back to back draws. Yeah, Liverpool, Liverpool, West Ham, Southampton, City. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah it was, it was those those three four in a row. Yeah. But okay, fine. You could they could have lost to City, but it was the other games. And considering they were winning. Two of those games, 2 0 up, and then they're playing bottom of the league where they needed 96 minutes to salvage a 3 3 draw. I wish I could enjoy it that much, I wish, I, but I can't because of City, obviously. But look, let, let's, but, let's, let's, let's try and speak about our team for a little bit. <laughs> Maybe. Not quite sure. We'll speak about that later in the pod, trust. Uh, but yeah, because I decided to not do a pod last week because uh, my ears were sore. Uh, we beat Wolves 2 0, uh, and we've beaten Bournemouth 1 0 now. Uh, two. Clean sheets. You got a little bit yeah. of ice in that cup of cards. Just yeah. gonna say next week. Come prepared, mate. Like. <laughs> he just makes some rogue noises. He just eats his salmon. He just like a little bit of plate. He's got sangria over there. Sandy Sandy proper Sandy Sandy like this one. Yeah. <laughs> but look, two clean sheets, six points. Uh, we can speak about the, the Wolves game. I think the talking point there was Garnacho coming off the bench and showing everybody else how to finish with one chance. It was a proper. It was a top top level finish. But to go and do that at Bournemouth away, it was. Um, it was very. What, how would you describe that game? End of season game where they're they're safe. They're on the beach, literally. <laughs> it was a perfect team yeah. for us to play, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's yeah. As you said, we two clean sheets, and now De Gea's got the golden glove. Golden which glove, eh? I think I think somebody pointed out we've conceded forty-one goals in nineteen games. <laughs> No, so so conceded, so conceded forty-one in nineteen games. You think we've got seventeen clean sheets? So all the goals we've conceded have come in the other games. Yeah, those blitz, those blitz games. Perfect game for you, by the way, Jake. Isn't it? A little bit of Bournemouth, a little trip down there. Uh, you had a nice little day out. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, I like to dust off the old trainers in a, uh, once in a while and get down there. But uh, yeah, no, it was it was good. It, the way to describe it was it was the most typical Manchester United performance of this season that you could get. You know, similar to the Wolves game. If we don't, you know, if we don't finish a team off, the game just becomes really dull, really lax. And we, we create chances, we create good positions, but we just can't get that next part where we just finish teams off. And obviously, we, we, you know, I know we talk about centre forward um, every single week and, and what that will bring to us. But it's just like watching it on repeat. And yesterday, there was just so many opportunities where we turned the ball over. And you get in positions of four versus three, four versus four, and the ball just gets stood up because we just don't have that that last killer instinct throughout the side to just finish these teams off. Now, I thought Bournemouth were really poor yesterday. Um, and to come away just winning 1-0, enjoyable. Absolutely great day, but just typical of how we have been all season. Uh, uh, can you name... I'm, I'm sure there are some games. If I did my research, I could find it. But off the top of your head... Any games that we've just comfortably seen that 90 minutes out? Well, there hasn't been that sort of dip where you were fearing that the equaliser was coming. Do you remember there was, 
a couple of one nil after we lost to um you, from a one nil perspective, you're talking. Uh, yeah, just in exactly the game where we had against Bournemouth. There, yeah, it was one nil. You could have killed the game off with a second, and you, you didn't. Have there been any situations where we've actually done that? You know, I've actually got that second goal and actually seen the game through more comfortably rather than squeaky bum time. The Spurs one at Old Trafford comes to mind. That's well, probably. I think that's a blueprint. That game of how we're going to play under Ten Hag if he gets the way he wants yeah. with this team. I still yeah. think not many. I, I still think the the problem is. Is that when you're when you're two new up, any any chance that the opposition then create, it still leaves you with that little bit in your mind going that, that if, vulnerability. If, if, yeah. if they get one, you know what's going to happen. And when you well, when you've got well, a Harry Kane and a, and a song out front, you're always still thinking, oh, we we just should have killed this game. And when you get to three, there's this complete different feeling that yeah. that's the game done, it's finished. And we've had games. I thought Villa, we played really really well, but we were hanging on at the end. Everton, I thought yeah. we were brilliant against Everton and it took until late on to just get that second goal and just yeah. get it over the line. It's just, again, time after time that that's happened to us this season. Um, Palace away, do you remember that? We were yeah. 1-0 up and it was cruising until like the last half an hour and then it just felt like it was inevitable. Yeah. And the inevitable, the inevitable happened. <laughs> but by the way, like, how ridiculous is it that there's so many easy chances that we've missed in these last four games and then Casemiro comes up with like a goal of the season contender. Like the pass from Ericsson, the finish from Casemiro, it was a genuinely outrageous goal. He's, uh, I think that's 13 goals or assists for him this season. He's been, um, what would you make of his form in the last, I don't know, call it like four to six weeks? Casemiro um, Casemiro's been kind of jaded, I think probably the way I would describe it. It's very up and down. I, I think he's played since his red card, his second one especially. He's been he's been playing within himself in the sense that he's played his type of game for however many years at Real Madrid without getting a single red card. Um, now I don't think he's, there's no defence for him for the one against Palace because he's put his hands up and uh, against uh, on the guy's neck. However, he's put in place to the, his hands up. He he has done so. The second one um, against Southampton. He's unlucky. He's got the ball, but then he's gone over the ball. Um, and there's so many cases that weekend and the week, weeks that followed where it wasn't given. And I just think, since think he's probably just lost a bit of that, his confidence within himself to think, you know what, I, I'll back myself. I'm going to get the ball here. Like you could really tell, you know, when he got booked in Seville, he was absolutely yeah. devastated. Even though the fact we were going out, he's like, I've been booked like for for nothing tackle. He's actually pulled out and the guy's just rolled it. But it's a, it's a, you're always going to get them in Europe. Um, but yeah, I think also it's a bit of, you know, that, that element of that bite's gone out of United's thing as well. Cause as soon as we went out, went out to Seville, it's a case of, okay, well, we need a couple of wins in the league now. We'll limp to fourth and get to the FA Cup final. And since then, our form showed that as well. It does, it, it does feel significantly nicer. The fact that Villa managed to take two points off Liverpool yeah, yeah. going to these last two games, you, given United's home form this season, right? You back, you would back us to get at least three points from Chelsea and Fulham, right? They're, 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 in my opinion, they're two good games on paper to have. Right? Yeah. Chelsea, well, I didn't even watch a City game today, so I don't really, I don't know how Chelsea played. But top four is ours. If we if we manage to not get top four from this position, <laughs> I mean, it could. You laugh yeah. about it, like yeah, no, it, it could, could happen, right? But it can't happen. Well, if, we were, if we if we had two away games, then I'll be like, okay. We could still fucking do a bit of a madness here. I'm doing all to a bottle job, um, but surely not. But yeah, no, no, no. no. 
and you, you know yeah, me, I'm, I, I'm, I can be very pessimistic at times, but believe me, <laughs> yeah, we're all very good at it's, that. <laughs> um, it, 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 it's done. Um, yeah, the yeah. fact that getting that away win yesterday, it's job done. You can have your feet up against Fulham just by beating Chelsea. Um, and then obviously you move on to the to the cup final. So those players that you think, and I know Ten Hag doesn't tend to do this, but those players that you think actually know, have yourself a little rest on the last game, game of the season. Just just get it done because finishing third or fourth really doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't change anything. Is there anything to do with like qualifiers nah. or where no, you no, see? No, no, straight, straight in, straight in, uh, straight into Champions League. Um, <laughs> Newcastle's because they they don't really have any UEFA coefficient. They'll probably go into I think pot four, um, where United will have. Um, but then it was also important on the basis of City won the league before kicking a ball today. Haaland didn't play today. De Bruyne didn't play. Well, they didn't start. I don't know if they came out of luck yourself. I didn't watch it. Um, so they've practically got two weeks off before the cup final. Now, it's very important for United, in my opinion, to get the job done on Thursday. And then literally you got nine days off. Ten, no, nine, nine days off or the, the the first team. You'd like to play the likes of Maguire and those who are maybe subject to um, surplus requirements in the summer or your squad players, you'll give a Palestria start. I remember that t- game we had before the Europa League final when um, Jose played all the kids and one of them ended up scoring. Was it Was it uh, Josh Josh Harrop was his name? Here's trivia Josh for you. Josh Harrop. Yeah, Jesus Christ. You do remember well. I remember James Wilson starting in Ryan oh, Giggs' caretaker game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> going to go over this one again, are we, Sam? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's the worst take ever. And I don't know why I made that public knowledge, but... <laughs> it was... um. It, we were, but that that season was fairly similar towards the end of the season as to as to this, where we were just playing Tuesdays or Thursdays, Sundays every single week, and we had like Southampton yeah. away, Bournemouth away, both midweek. Great for tickets; everyone could get tickets, no problem. But uh, <laughs> very Jake friendly pricks with those ones. <laughs> um, but no, it was like um, it roll out the kids. Um, I, I would put all the names in a hat, just pull them out. Look, Phil Jones playing goal. Like you did. Yeah, my, look, my last game of the season, we done that. And um, when you end up at right, where, where, where did you where did you play in that game then? Centre mid first half, right wing back second half. But I basically just sat in the centre circle for ninety minutes. So you were just out of position for basically the whole game then. All season, yeah, not, not just <laughs> you know, um, but no, you, if yeah, it, right wing back is definitely not my forte. So Phil Jones in goal. Absolutely, oh, Phil Jones. eh? Let's, let's have a little mention of him. He's obviously. I mean, it was it was the inevitable, right? That he was going to leave at the end of the season. I can't blame him for the mismanagement of him actually getting a new contract. He shouldn't be at this club because his contract should have expired years ago. Well, I, I do feel for him, yeah. uh, but I'm very happy he's leaving. I, I was reading somewhere the reason why he signed his new contract. Now, this could be hearsay or whatever. Um, was he followed the advice of the United staff to have a an operation on his knee during his previous contract. And what the procedures they did there, I think they took a cartilage out of his knee where it basically ruined his old knee to the point where he then had to have another reconstruction surgery on it where he pretty much didn't have a chance of playing top-level football consistently or get back fit. And I think it's because United had to ultimately take the responsibility of him doing that operation because when he went for a third a second opinion on it um he was told that why did you have that operation done and he's like well the club told me to do it well this is why i advised by the doctors 
And so I think that was just United's way of probably looking after him. Um, but everything I've read, he's not been a problem for any of the managers. He's, I don't think he's been on a substantial amount of money either. So it's it's well, one of them. Somewhere between 50 and 100 grand. Yeah, the cost of living yeah. crisis must have bitten. I mean, <laughs> it's like, I don't know if you saw, uh, I saw a glimpse of it. Uh, Rio Ferdinand and Vidic did a, a podcast recently and, and Vidic said, my only regret was that I wasn't there under Ed Woodward. He goes, because I would have got a stupid contract on stupid money where I, I, I had to leave one year after Moyes. The year well, after. It's because Woodward had that concept in his head of you have to protect the asset, of the value of the asset, and the only way you can do that in the modern game yeah. is to make sure their contracts don't. Basically, I think United got so stung by what happened with Pogba, yeah. they were like, right, let's just hand out contracts to everybody else and make sure that doesn't happen again, and then yeah. went the complete opposite end of now we can't get rid of these players because they're on ridiculous contracts that no one's going to pay. Well, I think I think in respect to Phil Jones, so uh, obviously what Bow's saying could very well ring true. But I know the way that United worked was, we can't let him go for free. Yeah. So it's like, how can you how can you let an asset like that go for free? Because you'd see him go to another club and do okay. He was never going to go to another club and and be like at a rival club doing it amazingly well. But they just couldn't yeah. get their head around the idea that this player who could have potentially been worth a lot of money at some point was going to go for free when we've actually been paying him to sit on the sidelines as well, rather than just saying, cut the money now. Let him go. Do what he needs to do. Um, but I think, obviously, under Ten Hag, the the idea is is different now. I mean, if if you look at across the road, Liverpool, Oxley, Chamberlain, Firmino, Milner, and Naby Keita, all gone. End 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 of contract. End of contract. You're gone. Naby Keita was supposed to be like the guy, wasn't he? Like sixty mil, I think he was. That was somebody in the high 40s, 50s, something that like that. But it's, the fact of the matter is they've been ruthless in the sense that they haven't got, they haven't got a bottomless pit of money. So you're gonna, you need to save some of that money on their, from their salaries to now go and buy, and buy new players. Um, but we're at that same crossroad with De Gea. He's at end of contract. Do you, does he accept l- lesser terms? I'm, I'm, I'm going to presume that Ten Hag, I mean, you would know, right? He's, he's going to know more about his own budget. I'm going to presume that he just sees the goalkeeper not as high on that list as, as all we as all of us do. And I think the thing I've been speaking to people about as well, obviously, you know how they always say that like, defence starts with up front, whether you're pressing attackers X, Y, Z, and blah, 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 other way around. The idea that... I'm not saying that all the problems revolve around De Gea, and this is the argument I seem to get in with a lot of people. Oh, De Gea's won the Golden Glove. He goes, yeah, the Golden Glove's not because... De Gea is the best goalkeeper in the league. It's because Manchester United defensively as a unit were stopping our goal getting peppered with shots. You know, like that, that this is perfect example, perfect synopsis of this, right? De Gea's just won the Golden Glove. Has he got a chance of winning our player of the season? Absolutely not. When De Gea was winning our player of the season, like four or five, I don't know how many years in a row he won it, it was because we were so crap that De Gea every single game had to pull us out of the mud constantly I remember that season we finished second with Mourinho he was every single yeah. game like two or three worldy saves and it's um, yeah I, I think maybe Ten Hag's looking at it going if, if I can improve that midfield and improve that defence a bit then the necessity for that ball playing goalkeeper diminishes a little bit to the point where he can delay it by a season and then bring someone in or maybe you will bring there's a, like a young goalkeeper we link with from um, Belgium I think but Verbruggen? I don't know. I made that. I didn't make that up, but I'm pretty sure it's him. 
Well, look, we'll speak about that after. We'll have a quick break on the pod now, but when we come back, we're going to sort of... I want you to grade the season, all right? This is going to be an important one. We'll grade the season. We're also going to read out questions that everyone sent in. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The United People's Podcast. Have your say on every game. Get in touch on social media. Right. So, second part of the pod. And I, I, I'll be interested to know this one, right, lads? So, if you, we went into this season, right? And if... Top four, we've already won the League Cup and we'll do it depending on what happens in the FA Cup final. What are you going to grade this season? Overall, think, have a little think for a second because, as I said, top four was the minimum expectation. If if you could have a good cup run, maybe get a cup, we've already done that. We had another good cup, well, I wouldn't say the Europa League was that good a cup run. Was it the quarters we went out in? It was, wasn't it? Oh. And the FA Cup were in the final, right? Which could happen. Yeah. because you didn't but, get to go to Budapest but, but, the, but what happened in the Europa League is key for me um, in the sense that that's one of the main reasons but more we we've had uh, as we all know we had a very very fortunate run of draws in the domestic cups all, all being at home until the semi-finals uh, both um, obviously FA Cup is neutral and not far as we had over two legs and we avoided pretty much all the other the fellow big teams, the fellow big six you want to call them, plus Newcastle, um, up until us playing our City in the final. So us not getting to the final of those two competitions based on the fixtures we had would have been disappointing. Now, add to that the position we put ourselves in with the Europa League by beating Barcelona, you've beaten the best team in the country who are now Spanish champions. Yeah. That was a Champions League tie we won, a quarter-final, semi-final worthy. Then to go out the way we did, it was it was unforgivable for me and unforgivable. And I looked at it yesterday and thought, looked at the lineup. Only Martinez is really missing from our from our, from our obviously Rashford was ill yesterday. But if you go back to that Seville second leg, no Martinez, no Varane. Shaw was on the bench. Rashford was on the bench. Bruno was suspended. That's five of your that- six. What, what, cool what, is the, what, what impact does that have Casemiro, on the grave of your who season? Who would have started that game. And then, so, because now it's us going out of the Europe League, the way we did, I think was was was, was a, ma- a massive failure for me. Given the, where that tie was, we were two in a lot, we were cruising, coming back yeah. to what the point Jake made earlier about the third goal, the third goal being so key in a tie. That was that was it. They would they would have been dead and buried. Instead, we let them back in the door, and then what what happened over there has happened. Now, we don't we 
we're, we're not expected to beat City. They're the, the by far the better team. My expectation, my um, not expectation, my what I would what I would have liked at the season would have been top four, top four certainly, um, uh, a trophy and. Going uh, going far in the other cups. Now we've already achieved maybe that. Maybe let me you sort of rephrase the, the question for you then, back in February. How so much now of a it's worth a lot far further down the line. City in the FA Cup final have on how you grade this season. Well, just that's so big. Yeah, absolutely massive. Because I think I probably said something the other day. Beating City in this final would probably be one of our biggest results in kind of modern history. Not just for the result of winning the cup, but. We pride ourselves on the treble and people go on about it all the time, uh, you know. And if you can stop that, not only have you won your trophy, you've prever- preserved your own legacy type thing. And we are the underdogs, massive underdogs. So I think it's I think that difference, not just this season, but in, in everything that has happened over the last few seasons, over the last 10 seasons, I just think this would be the most ridiculous result Um and and the biggest day for fans and the club. I really I'm, do. Um, I'm, I'm I'm genuinely sick at the thought of that game because yeah, I'm I'm not sick. At, we've we've beaten City this season, right? We, and no one expected us to beat them there. What they've done since February, like if you looked at their results, it's like 23 games, like one nineteen and drawn four. Like they've they've found some Terminator level at this moment in time, and they, it seems like a bit of a relentless train that they're on. As we we talked about there earlier. They were able to rest Haaland, <laughs> De Bruyne, uh, Stone, whoever else they rested. And they've already won the league with three games to go. Uh, they've, they've reached a, a different pace. Something that um, I think, uh, who is it to keep, there's a few people to keep mentioning it, but it's this weird necessity that, you know, as soon as it's reached this point now that they might, they're on for the treble, so all of a sudden you're doing combined 11s between United's 99 and, and City's now. It's Isn't it weird that... You can't just seem to enjoy Sonic in isolation. It has to be like, well, this player is now the greatest ever player. And so, no, he's good in this moment in time. It's like the Liverpool team, for example, is a perfect example. Everyone going on that that was the greatest team ever. And all of a sudden, two years later, it's an absolute shambles. And you go, actually, maybe it was just good at that point. And I'm just watching it be good at that point. Is it? I mean, they, they could end up just winning the league. And I think we're fucking talking about the tre- these like doing the treble. Not say, I, th- I think they'll definitely win one more. I hope it's not the FA Cup. Um, anyway, um, we're speaking about trebles as well, by the way. Let's not overlook the fact that United could do a treble this year, all right? Because we already got the Bangkok Century Cup early in preseason. All right, we've got the League Cup. That's the big one. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's no the, one, no one has ever done that before, right? We could be the first club to do that. I was just saying that, putting that out there. But uh, to to put to put a letter on it, lads. If give me two, give me two letters. If we if we lose the FA Cup final, what are you grading this season? If we lose. If we lose the FA Cup final. I'll give you four letters. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, if if we lose it, I think it, it comes in at a, probably a strong C. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree. And then if we win it, I think it's a, a light A, you know, it, not a strong A, a light A. It's the back end of, a, of an A. <laughs> it's like um, a pen that's running out A. Yeah, yeah, because I think, from what we where we've been and what we've experienced, what we've seen the the club win, it, it's not going to com- be on comparison with that. But absolutely, no one would have been able to predict we'd win a double, get the Champions League, but in that double, we've beaten City in a final. Um, 
So yeah, it's just yeah. massive. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I wouldn't go as far, even if we win the. I would go B purely for the reason of how bad our away form has been. Our home form has been exceptional. Mate, I'll, mate we're but... like fifth in the. If you, if I was to pull up the away form table now, it'll blow your mind. It's just a it, away against the top six. We are absolutely abysmal. Yeah. But. Well, I think other than Fulham, which was a 91, 91st minute Garnacho winner. Um, and given some of the, the way those those games are played out, Chelsea, we should have been out of sight first half. Oh, shit, no. We're, 11, uh, we're, we're 11th in the away table now. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're swag. They, they, <laughs> we're swag now. There you go. So that Homer Simpson gif as he goes into the bush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, but yeah, but a, a lot of this I I put down to a lot of all our bad results. Even Liverpool away, if you had a goal scorer, somebody knows how to put the ball in the onion bag. It's a different game. Okay. Like we were the better team for forty minutes into that game. Hey, what what we're saying now about Harry Kane? I know what you two are saying about Harry Kane. I'm guessing the opinion hasn't changed. It's only got stronger. I still think about him in the shower, like <laughs> most days. He's the best. He's the best. He's the best that will be available to ourselves, in my opinion. Um, he's just, he scores goals for fun. I just think the chances that we create, he would have a field day. Um, if you think about, he's got, what, 27, 28 goals for Tottenham this year? And they are pants. They don't create the amount of chances, probably half the chances we create. He will just bag for fun. How has he done that in that Spurs team? Because he's class. Like, like, I, think, I, think he, I think he scored in 28 or 29 league games. Different separate league games. So you, you you think okay, over three quarters of the season, your striker is going to score you every game. So if you don't concede a goal in those games, there that's twenty nine victories potentially. What? Remember like that year uh, when Cantona came back from his ban, and he just went on the street, just one nils, and it was Cantona one nil, Cantona one nil, Cantona, and with a strong defence, you back you, you your striker is one chance to score. Ten Hag, Ten Hag's shown this season. He's not adverse to when you're at, when you are one nil up. To what is it? Uh, Leicester away, uh, Southampton away. I think after Brighton and Brentford, when he um, he sort of shored it up. He's happy to sort of rely on his defence on those one nils. In certain did you did you see hear that stat about Martial yesterday? He's not scored in back to back Premier League and since like the twenty twenty she. And then he he was looked miffed. There's a sort of still a video on Twitter where he was like. You fucking taking me off, like, <laughs> I, like I, Mister being sold in public, blank, blank, blank ten hard. Oh mate, he he has he has just walked through the last few years of his career, and I'm not it, obviously injuries play a part and such like that. But like, look at his if you if you are a stats person, he is horrid. But <laughs> like, it's you know there's a player in there, and I can't think of a many other players that you keep giving the opportunity but I think it's just because we just have got so used to not having any other option yeah so mm. okay well yeah maybe I mean, do just, a job again we sent him out on loan because he wasn't good enough and just yeah. and, and he's just come back in and gone well what's your alternative oh Vegost oh, okay yeah Anthony you're on top today then yeah there's not and you want to and you want to ask me why I want Harry Kane Jesus <laughs> I mean, it's just the only thing, two things. One, the fucking Levy factor, trying to negotiate, who will be getting blood from a stone. And second thing is how much Ten Hag is really bothered about his age. 
Like it'll be like it'll be thirty come by the time the next season year, starts. How many years of this Harry Kane do you get after signing him? Uh, well, if you base it on Lewandowski, still banging at 34, 35, you'd get three three good years to I minimum. I absolute think. minimum. The way the players look after themselves these days, um, you'll get that absolutely minimum. But what Harry Kane, he's never been reliant upon pace. He's never been reliant upon playing on the shoulder. And he just drops into those positions where wingers become effective. Um, and you think to yourself, like, well, you're bringing a central defender into into those deeper areas where they don't want to be. So that people, you know, whether it's Anthony Rashford can run, run in behind for the secondary ball. He's so good with the football. And then he'll turn and then he can play that ball himself as well. It's almost like he's providing for himself when he does it. Yeah. Um I, I think you've got four or five years of his peak minimum. I I think you've got at least three, uh, and and I think the the only problem you mentioned it there, Levy, but unfortunately it kind of dovetails with the fact that this takeover is taking just a little bit too long. Uh, so you Fuck's it, sake. That, is it? Well, I didn't know. Yeah, I know. But it, so at, at the same time as realistically, what you'd like to do with Spurs and Kane is do it quickly and assertively just pay the price up front you know that you know they're going to want like 100 mil go in there strong get the deal done nice and quickly but united are just who else in world football would pay 100 million pounds for a player with one year left of this deal um mbappe was it real madrid paid no 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 at at kane's age at kane's age as well. Well, how much are you paying for Kane then? I, what, what, you, I'm not saying how much I mean, you're paying. I know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just being realistic. I'm thinking um, it probably is going to be. I don't north think there's of... been a comparable transfer. Uh, yeah. Realistically, of that quality, of that age, probably Van Persie. Uh, but um, obviously, yeah. you're living in a different time as well with finance and such, yeah. and yeah, and obviously a, di- a different ownership with the Arsenal model. So um, yeah. yeah, it's it, you just go in there and just say, would you like Anthony Martial? Um, because he's really good um, and consistent. See if he buys it. You never know. It might work. Well, and if thing not, is we've, got little, this, we've got this little Dutch... I say he's not little, he's quite big, actually. He's Dutch fella, right? We know you like Dutch strikers at, at Spurs, all right? Um, well, they'd have to have yeah, that conversation he, with he, Burnley. He was quality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, he's good, we've, we've got to give him back to Burnley, so... Um, I, I can understand... I, I can understand... Luis Enrique is- what are you saying? Rooted for their job, that job knows it. Luce Enrique, Spurs. Spurs' job. Do you, yeah. you think they would have learned their lesson after? What, who was it that they went after that summer? I think he's a fantastic manager. Before they ended up with what's his face from Wolves. Can't remember his name. The one, the one yeah. who New York Peter Sancho. Yeah, the one that his last game was against us before he got sacked. Yeah, Nuno. And they that 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 summer they they went after like four or five different managers and then missed them all and then ended up with Nuno, didn't they? Yeah, I can't remember. Who it was. Well, they said Ten Hag didn't have the charisma. Oh, yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Look, right. We'll wrap this up with a couple of questions that people have sent in. Um, I thought this one was an interesting one from Anthony Acosta. He was saying, how pivotal do you think uh, Ten Hag's coaches and staff have been in helping the club develop? And just kind of the overall question of like, is Ten Hag, what he's, if, if, you can, if you rewind a year to where we were, to where we've just had conversations about Beating, sitting in the FA Cup final, finishing in the top four, a cup domestic double. He's done an incredible job from where we were to where we are. Now, obviously, there's still so much more to get back to us being in contention for the treble. Mm-hmm. That's what we ultimately want. But yeah, Ten Hag's done a great job. Benny McCarthy's obviously been instrumental, really, in helping Rashford 
Um, you have to presume Van der Gag has been doing his job. I'm going to be speaking to uh, Steve McLaren's son, Josh. He's agreed to come on the pod, actually. I might do it this week. Be interested to know what Steve said, what, what he's heard from his dad uh, from the training ground. But yeah, how impressed have you been just with Ten Hagen, just all the staff, really? I think it's difficult to see in terms of it, in terms of how he wants us to play because other than very, very few games like that Spurs one at home, um, with, the, with you know, okay, yeah, this is, I can see a clear identity of how our football is going to look, but injuries haven't helped. And the fact that the forward players, bar Rashford, haven't performed, um, Anthony, like, okay, here and there, Sancho, obviously, no, Martial, no, Weghorst, other than his um, industry, doesn't really offer much goal threat. Um, so, from my point of view, it's been very difficult to kind of picture how we're going to look next season because we're so we're so reliant on getting that mixed missing piece there who's going to A, finish the chances, but B, also create them for the likes of the wide players if, if it is a Harry Kane, a drop in deep. Um, so I, 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 I think I, I struggle to answer that question based on how bipolar our, our results and performances have been as well. It doesn't really take away from the progress that's happened though, surely. Oh, no, 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 but the progress is definitely there. Defensively, we've been significantly better at home. Like you said, in a weird way, how, how can we have the worst goal difference in the top seven, eight, but we've got the most clean sheets? It's like, in majority, that would never happen in an average season. But the, that, that is purely just down to the fact of how many, bo- how many goals we put in, uh, how many balls we put in the net. Mm. Well, we don't score enough goals. We, we haven't scored enough goals. How, Jake, what about you? Like, how impressed have you been by Ten Hag and sort of the the staff that he's brought in and the, and the, the the job that they've done so far? Yeah, I mean, firstly, bald is best, so uh, I, I can tell you that. Bias, by the way, bias. <laughs> Hold tight. Um, no, but he, he. Um, I've been really impressed in a sense of um, kind of like the the solidarity that he's managed to kind of bring with if you think about the things that have gone against him in the season and I don't need to list all of them but it's, you know you starts with how horrendous we were at the start of the season and then you get the Ronaldo yeah. saga we've got the takeover saga we have had you know we've had injuries at bad times as well um but when we were on the when we got on that run we were we were just winning games week week after week and we had that silly talk of a title charge etc no, that was a hypey few <laughs> weeks. That was a very hypey few yeah, weeks. Yeah, a couple, couple of days, <laughs> few weeks, whatever. But um, no, it was. I think, I think we've really leveled out, and I think we've kind of found where we're where we are. Um, we've we, you know fighting for that top four space, um, and and just a lot to build on. So he, he's kind. Of, I think he's gained the trust of nearly every United fan in a respect of like, um, how we see us going forward. And that he's he's the man. That's the coaching staff we want going forward. Um, give him what he needs. We don't have unlimited funds. Um, we're not able to kind of go out and buy four or five top quality players this summer. But I think add to what we have, and we'll we'll be a lot closer. Um, and then when you see, we won't be so far off the pace come Christmas next year. And that's when you can start to kind of um, come into your own and really see where we are as as a team. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty spot on, to be fair. But if, if you were to isolate the season, if you were to break it down into, I suppose, quarters, you can really see the different sort of shades of where United currently are. And in this last part here, in this last three months, is where City have just found 
something completely on another planet and United have just kind of languished and struggled to sort of build too and much. That's where, that's where, firstly, the world-class players step up. But secondly, when you've got a club and a team that have been together for a period of time, look back at when we were successful. That period between mid-March and the end of the season, we would do this. We'd go on just winning runs where we would just bat it. You, you wouldn't necessarily beat Team 6-0, but you knew you were going to beat them because you just had players through that team that had played with each other season after season under the same manager. They knew, and it's that experience. We knew, you know what, if we're two points behind them with five games to go, we're going to beat them. It's not a problem because you just you had that faith in the people that you were playing with um, and, and obviously the experience from seasons past. So City did that. Arsenal couldn't cope. We don't have that. You know, Ten Hag's only been here for less than a year properly with the players. So, you know, and, and it won't be there next season, but it will hopefully over the next couple. Oh, so I think that I've been most impressed, impressed with Ten Hag is is the fact that he's he's definitely in control. Um, how he manages the press in press conferences, how he managed the Ronaldo situation, how he managed that situation when Rashford was late. But bang, he was our most informed player. Garnacho as well. Hold on. I was managing him all you, season. You, you're not in the team. Yeah, Garnacho early in the season from pre-season. So straight away, he set his stall out and he's laid the foundations for the minimum level of accepted acceptable standards off the pitch as well as on the pitch of how you how you have to behave and how you have to handle yourself and that's something we have just um, progressively fallen behind City and Liverpool on and off the pitch over a period of time and it's just that knock-on effect where it, the more <coughs> they've invested on the pitch off the pitch so the compound impact of that is they they get further and further away every year and this comes back into the conversation we had about the ownership. And then Jake, Jake's pointed out, um, if what everybody wants is to be now suddenly on a level playing field with City and be able to compete with City for all the pots, then the only way that's going to be able to be done is with a Qatari ownership, whether people like it or not. Other than that, you're, you're relying on a manager building a very, very good team like Klopp did at Liverpool. That was based on... His, his man, he didn't have an empty, empty sack of money, well, like Guardiola did. Um, he had to base it on turning over the squad, selling Coutinho, buying Van Dijk and Allison. Well, and yeah, on top of that, that that's that's what I'm going to say. There. I think that's the thing that worries me the most. Is I've been really impressed with what Ten Hag's done this season, but for next season to really be a success and build on this season, we've got to rely on the behind the scenes of our football club, which I just mm. don't really have much faith in because they've got to do mm. all their job properly. They've got to nail this summer. They've got to do all the negotiations. They've got to get rid of the right players. They've got to get the right amount of money. We don't have an endless sack of money. We when when to, does the transfer window open? June, June or July? June 10th, I think. But I mean, yeah, so we think what, we're three, three weeks away and we don't know who's fucking writing the checkbook. I'd, is the, 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 glaze, thing is, is right, the thing The thing is, I don't think the budget of Man United will change too much no matter who our owners are this summer right? if it's yeah. Qataris if it's Ratcliffe it's, it's still the Glazers it's going to be somewhere in the region of 100 to 150 mil right The the it's just the operations of it all that's the thing that we were crap at last summer we didn't sign Casemiro or Anthony until we lost to Brighton and Brentford uh, we need to move early and move quick look McAllister to Liverpool that apparently they're on the verge of agreeing personal terms Bellingham to Real Madrid 
that's probably going to happen nice and swift. It's just that's the one thing that we still I still can't have much faith in. And with such a, you say every year, I don't know, I suppose you do, oh, this is the biggest summer I can remember in recent years. But when you build a bit of success and you've finally got a bit of momentum, it does become bigger because you don't want to lose Man. that that energy which we've got and we've got to get it right this summer. And uh, Sod knows whether to have any belief with in a, it or not. With a takeover kind of just looming, it, what would make you, apart from obviously the prestige of playing for Manchester United, but that has dwindled in itself, if we're honest, um, you know, what would make you want to sign for the club if you just don't know what's going to happen next? You know, in... Investors are being. Yeah. You have to really, really, really believe in Ten Hag. And what yeah, he's doing. I mean, it, 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 you, you need you need that. But also, again, as a as a player, you might be thinking, well, it, I could be joining a team that's going to be able to go and spend five hundred million in the next two years, or I could be joining a team that's going to do, you know, spend a hundred million over the next two years, and the stadium's still falling apart and etc. Blah. So, not having those guarantees will make a player think, no, I don't want to be here. Bellingham didn't. Bellingham walked yeah. around United's training campus and said, no, this is rubbish. And he was, what, 16, 17 at the time. We haven't done anything since then. So why would it no. be any different for a superstar player or a player that we think is going to play for us for the next 10 years? I mean, look at Penny for Raheem Sterling's thoughts. <laughs> He's gone from City... To Chelsea, where obviously we all know what's happened there, to now giving the city a guard of honour today. I don't know if he played today. Um, but the fact that he's now, he went to Chelsea to pretty much hit the same heights as he was doing at City on a personal level Maybe. and a club level, that's certainly not happened. He's not playing European football next year. So that's three years of a knock on effect of, of on his small career which he is in, in a sense. That's what, that's what he gets for running like he's holding a handbag. And T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> hey look, look i enjoyed that point i enjoyed it i'll try and be we'll be back we'll be back this week by the way i won't have another week off um lads uh quick one at the end predictions for chelsea <laughs> i would have been more worried had we not picked up thingy um what win against bournemouth the the, the, the bournemouth yeah so there's no pressure on you either so i think i think they'll win 2-0 I think uh, I think Ten Hag plays his first team because again, uh, absolutely. you'd rather rest against Fulham than than get get the job done against Chelsea. <laughs> Given our defensive record and the fact that Chelsea just are awful going forward, they really are. Um, uh, yeah, I think probably uh, a comfortable one nil win where we clear one off the line in the ninety first minute. <laughs> so you heard it here first. You haven't seen any of those games this season. Uh <laughs> I'm gonna go for a, I'm gonna go for like a four nil spectacular. Um, this, hey? this is gonna be this, this is gonna be that game where it just it, it happens it, it works. Those chances don't go wide. Those chances go in. That's what I'm gonna say. Four nil, right? Optimistic. I'm gonna come back here next week after we've lost one nil. I'll be like, well, that was a good. That was well, well done, Sam. You have to <laughs> give me the number. Lost one nil twice on the trot. <laughs> Look right. You have to give me the number of your dealer. <laughs> no, he's run out for some reason. No idea why. <laughs> he's designed a few stadiums and now you think we're going to win 4-0. <laughs> okay, rinse. You think friends would be friendly to you, but no, I just get absolutely rinsed. Anyway, look, thanks, lads, for, for your time. If anybody enjoyed the podcast, make sure you give it a five-star review. We'll be back, hopefully, after Top 4 is absolutely done and dusted. Hopefully we can smash this. Take it easy. This is a United People's TV and Listening Dog Media production. 
Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.